What a word, what a word in song, what a marvelous reminder of Calvary, uh, the necessity of Calvary, the power of Calvary. Uh, there are some places where uh, they, they, they teach an anemic gospel. Uh, it, it's a gospel without the blood of the Lamb. But there is no salvation apart from Calvary, and there is no meaningful Calvary without the shed blood of our, our Lord, who paid the price for our sins that we couldn't pay for ourselves. And so we're grateful for that reminder. Thank you, Elder Taylor. Thank you, Praise Team, for reminding us of the centrality of Calvary to our faith. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for life, health, and strength in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of chaos and confusion. You are still on the throne, and we thank you. I pray now, God, that you will bless your word as it goes forth, that everything that is done and everything that is said will be pleasing in your sight. Give me clarity of thought and give your people clarity of insight in listening so that they would be more than just hearers of your word. Help them to be doers as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So who is the greatest of all time. Now, it depends on what you're talking about. It depends on what sport or what area that you're looking at in terms of determining and intelligently discussing who's the greatest of all time. Uh, it, it seems to be uh, quite a consensus that uh, the greatest boxer of all time uh, is the late Muhammad Ali. As a matter of fact, uh, I found it interesting uh, I, I saw on my timeline a, a video clip of the Arsenio Hall show. And Arsenio Hall had on that show Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Mike Tyson in his prime. And he asked Mike Tyson in his prime, he asked Mike Tyson, could he beat Muhammad Ali and ask Muhammad Ali? Actually, here's how it went. He asked Muhammad Ali first. In your prime, could you take this man? And before Ali could even answer the question, Mike Tyson jumped in. And here's what Mike Tyson basically said. He said, man, when you look at the way this man fought, not just with his fist, but with his mind, and he could project himself as the greatest even in the mind of his opponents. He said, there's no question in my mind that he's the greatest. And he just literally made a motion like this to bow to Muhammad Ali. Greatest basketball player of all time depends on the era you grew up in, right? For some, they would say there was no greater player than Wilt Chamberlain. I know that's way back for some of you, right? Some would say, no, 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 the greatest player of all time Without question, Mike want to be like Mike. Mike Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Some say Kobe. Some say LeBron. For me, you know who was the greatest fighter of all time? Now I'm showing my age. The greatest fighter of all time? Listen, nobody could beat Bruce Lee as far as I'm concerned. 
I don't care what you say. Nobody could beat Bruce Lee. Matter of fact, listen, I was a teenager. Man, when I heard Bruce Lee died, we was like, they had to shot him. They must have poisoned him because nobody could kill him. Like, you could not beat Bruce Lee, right? I mean, that dude, man, created a whole new form of martial arts that the world had never seen. I mean, he's sending people across the room with a a, a, a one-inch punch that he made famous. I mean, that brother understood kinetic energy and physics in the human body like nobody had ever explained it or displayed it. But I got news for you. In actuality, there are greater fighters than Ali and greater fighters than Bruce Lee. Greater fighters than Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard. You see, the greatest fighter of all time is not the person who can win against another opponent, but it's the person who can win when they fight their own flesh. It's the person who can literally do battle with themselves and discipline themselves. It's not the ability to exert your power on another person. It's can you learn how to say no to yourself when yourself wants to say yes. Paul says in Romans chapter 7, he says, man, there's a war going on. There's a fight going on in every one of us who are believers. When we would do good, the good that we should do, we don't. The evil that we shouldn't do, that's what we end up doing. He says there's this constant battle going on, and we have to learn how to overcome our own flesh and our own desires. And that's really what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 12. Paul makes this shift. He starts off in Romans 12 talking about based on all that God has done for us in the first 11 chapters, he gets to chapter 12 and he says, therefore, based on the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service based on all that God has done for you, all of the love that God has shown you, his unconditional love, his unmerited favor. He says, Based on everything that God has given to you, here's what you should give back to him. Then he makes a shift. He moves from what you should present to God to how you should present it to God based on your relationship with other people. He says your vertical relationship with God has to be evident in your horizontal relationship with other people. But then Paul, man, he gets a little messy now. It gets a little messy because Paul now goes from how you should relate to God to how you should relate to other believers to now how should you relate to people who are unbelievers or who act like unbelievers. Paul says, how do you respond to the ungodly? How do you act in a godly way when you are being treated wrong by godless people? And when you want to respond in your flesh, and watch this, can I help somebody today? And your flesh is justified. Like your flesh is sitting there saying, yeah, but, but look at what they did and, and look at what she said. And it's as if Paul says, yeah, I heard exactly what she said. 
It's like the Holy Ghost said, I saw exactly what he did. But what was done to you does not absolve you from doing what should bring glory to God. So today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from part two of our message that we started on last week, living to win the fight against your flesh. Living to win the fight against your flesh. I want to park at verse 18 today. Uh, it, it, it's somewhat, somewhat an innocuous kind of scripture when you see it based on what preceded it and, and based on what's after it. It, it might seem tucked in there as, as an afterthought, but, but I think Paul has some powerful principles that we need to apply if we are going to live in a way that brings glory and honor to God. Here's the point today. You are expected to conduct yourself in a godly way even when you've been mistreated by others, right? That's where we started last week. We, we said it doesn't matter how people treat you. That's how you are treated, but that's not how you are to respond to them. You can't use how people treat you as an excuse to act in an ungodly way. That's why Paul says in verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. He says, they, they, they come at you. He says, don't come off the top rope back at them. They slam you, don't pile drive them. He says, no, that's not what you've been called to do. It doesn't matter what they do to you. That's not how you have been called to respond to them. And so Paul says, give thought, right? Reflect on it because here's what I've learned. Most times, we react instead of responding. A reaction is immediate and typically rooted in our flesh. A response can come after prayerful meditation, and we think about it, and we take ourselves out of it, maybe think about the why and not just respond to the what. Maybe we start thinking about, you know what, how can I react or respond to this in a way that will bring glory and honor to God? So he, does, he says, don't repay evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable, to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Here's our point for today just so we establish the context. Verse 18, here's what I want you to do. Number one, you must do all you can to live peaceably with everyone. That, that's, that's it. That's it. You must do all you can to live peaceably with everyone. Look at verse 18. The ESV version of the Bible says, verse 18, Romans 12, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That word peaceably uh, has, has the connotation of the absence of, of strife, and or confusion. And, and watch this. It's, it's not declaring a state. He's really looking at an attitude that will undergird an action. In other words, you need to be doing everything you can to be peaceable 
regardless of what's going on around you, right? Now, we know the Greek word irene can give us peace even in the midst of storms, in the midst of confusion around us. But Paul is concerned not the state of peace, but the cause of peace. He says you've got to be the cause, the catalyst for a peaceful existence if you're going to bring glory and honor to God. You are to do everything you can to live at peace with everyone. And there are two qualifications that are listed right here in the passage. Check it out. He says, first of all, if possible. If possible. Not in the subjunctive mood expressing doubt. If possible, if there's anything that you do. So watch this. It's as if Paul says now, before you react, check yourself and see if there's anything that you can do or not do to produce peace when peace would otherwise be hard to find. He said, can you check yourself? It's not always possible. It's not always possible for you to find peace because watch this. You may find grumblers and complainers and dissenters and and fighters and ego hunters and self-centered, selfish, image-seeking, power-mongering people that don't want peace. But he says as far as you can do. uh, I've learned that sometimes me being a peaceable person doesn't mean that strife will be gone. What it does mean is that whoever's fighting will be in a fight by themselves. I I don't have to participate in it. Do you know, I know you know at least one person. Hopefully you're not sitting next to him. But I know you know at least one person who will get in a fight by themselves. We, we were talking about a brother, and that brother, somebody said, man, if you put that brother in a room by himself, he might start turning over furniture in the room by himself. Right? There's some folk that just, they just seem like they just live for the fight. They just love the conflict. And it's as if Paul is saying, hey, if at all possible, be a peaceable person. Don't participate actively aggressively or passively in a conflict. Seek peace. See, some persons have no interest in living at peace with others. And here's the sad truth. Some of them are Christians. Right? It, it would be nice, boy, if, if folk just, just because they named the name of Christ and they said, I love the Lord, he heard my cry, that they were actually interested in peace. But there are folk who say they are Christians. And listen, who am I to judge them? That's above my pay grade. So let's just say they are Christians who have committed their lives to Christ but are not consecrated in their attitude in Christ. And Paul says, if possible, take responsibility for yourself. Listen, I I was having a meeting this past week, and and I had to confront one of our members about a situation that happened. and, and, And the hardest thing in that meeting was getting her to own her stuff in the problem. 
because she wanted to do like we all do. Pastor, listen. See, he said, and she said, and they did, and they, okay, but what's your part? What's your part? Did you do everything you could for it to go right instead of wrong? What part did you play in it going left when it was supposed to go right? Well, eventually, she not only saw it, praise God, she owned it. And then it was like, okay, now what we going to do? Well, no, not what we going to do, what you going to do. Now that you have owned it, now the question is, how do you act upon that? Without trying to throw somebody else in there, just own your stuff. So Paul says, listen, hey, you got to own your stuff as much as possible, as much as possible. Live at peace with all people. And, and then watch what he says. He says, not only as much as possible, so far as it depends upon you. How much is this conflict depending on you to be a participant in? What happens if you step back and step out to the conflict that is going on around you? How much of it are you continuing to agitate with your attitude? And here's what Paul wants you to understand. Even if you're right, my old pastor would say, you can do wrong even when you think you're right. He says, how do we check ourselves? Check ourselves. Not check somebody else. Not shut somebody else down. Paul says, no, I need you to look in the mirror. I need you to look at yourself and say to yourself, as much as it depends upon me, here's why. You can't control other people. You can't control other people, and the truth is, it's a fight to control yourself. It's a fight to control you. You're talking about what other people are doing. No, just get you together. Check yourself. So here's what God says. God says, A, you should never cause a conflict because you reacted to something inappropriately. You should never cause a conflict because you reacted to something inappropriately. I don't care how wicked somebody is. They should not control your response. If they control your response, then you have given them the ability to control your life. Uh, I've seen people say things like, watch how they act when I do this. Watch, watch, watch this. I'm going to amp them up. Watch this. Watch what I say. Because they already know that they can control that person. Because that person has given over the ability to be controlled to somebody else who may or may not have their well-being at heart. He says, make sure you never cause a conflict. But here's the B thing, and don't miss this. B, you should never continue a conflict because you reacted to something inappropriately. He says, child of God, don't cause it and don't continue it. If it was already there when you got there, hey, back off. Just let it die down. 
And if you're in the midst of it or somebody's trying to pull you into it, he says, do everything in your power to not continue it. Do everything that you can to bring about peace. Here's what I'm praying right now. I'm praying that the Holy Ghost is bringing something and or somebody to your remembrance. A place where you were right, but you were wrong. Because your response did not glorify God and did not give God an opportunity by the power of his Holy Spirit to edify somebody else. Matter of fact, listen, you got in the way of God being able to touch somebody's life by the testimony of your proper response. Your improper response made Jesus unwelcome in the life of that person because they said, I thought he was a Christian. And then here's what we do. See if this sounds familiar. Well, you know I'm human, which is saying what? Hey, you SOL. I'm a human being. I mess up. Nobody's perfect. Only God is perfect. But does that take away our responsibility to make sure we don't cause conflict and we don't continue conflict? Absolutely not. Look at Romans 14, 19. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. You see that? Let us pursue, let us go after, let us be aggressive towards doing what needs to be done to make peace and to upbuild one another. Come on, let's be honest. When we get into conflict, we're typically not looking at building up anybody. We're typically looking to tear them down, especially if they've attempted to tear us down. You know, it's kind of like uh, back in my neighborhood, you don't want to play the dozens with certain people. For those of you who don't know what the dozens are, it's when you start cracking on people. And there's certain people, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get in that fight with. Because when they get through with you, you be crying. You be ready to fight. Man, no, man, you don't have to say that, man. Why you say that? Don't start with them. Right? Certain people you don't want to mess with. God says, instead of tearing each other down, can we see if we can build each other up? Because watch this. It's hard enough, man, to make it in this world. I mean, man, everything in this world at times feels like it's trying to tear us down. Child of God, can we help build each other up? People, can we help build each other up and add to each other's lives in a positive way? Hebrews 12, 14, let's read it together. We'll end here. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Strive for peace. Do everything that you can to live peaceably with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Let me just say this to you as I close today. I submit to you that in my own life, I'm not going to talk about you. I'll just talk about me. I haven't always worked for peace. 
I haven't always, always strived to uplift and upbuild when people came in me the wrong way. And can I be honest with you? Part of it is because when they come at me the wrong way and I feel justified in my flesh, I'm ready to react in my flesh. I mean, I'm literally ready to say, if you didn't want none, you shouldn't have started none. And God says, um, child of God, who gets the glory from that? God said to me, man of God, who gets the glory from that? Where was I glorified in this? Man, I've gone off in public settings and people patting me on the back. Yeah, man, you are a champion. Yeah, you told them. You got them straight, man, because I took the mic and used the articulation gifts that God has given me to put somebody in their place. And while I was being patted on the back, it was like the Holy Ghost said, now, who, who got credit for this? Come on, God, it's a righteous indignation. God said, who who got the glory? Did I get the glory? Or was you getting the glory? And here's the litmus test for whether or not God is getting the glory. When you get through, are they talking about you or are they talking about God? Are they talking about how great you are? Or are they talking about how great God is? If you can't say amen, just say ouch. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Um, I thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that somebody who is in this fight against their flesh, I pray that you would encourage them to know they can be victorious by the power of the Holy Spirit. They cannot beat the flesh with the flesh. They cannot defeat the flesh with the law. But they can by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So help us, God, to live in that power so that we can walk in victory and not defeat. Help us to do everything that we can to be right so that by our example, we can be a testimony to others. It's a Jesus name. In Jesus name we pray, amen. My brothers and sisters, if you're watching today and you've never asked the Lord into your life, I wanna give you an opportunity to do so right now. Remember, it's not about rituals, routine or religion. It's not about being part of a church. It's really about being in relationship with God. The God that loves you so much, he loves you where you are, but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to make something beautiful and amazing out of your life. But he can't do it without you being a willing participant in the process. So I want to encourage you today to say yes. If you want to know how to become a Christian, how to ask Jesus Christ into your life, you can click on the link and it will take you to a video where I will show you how to pray the prayer of salvation and ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you want to become part of this church family for this season of your journey, listen, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Man, we're just trying to become all that God wants us to be, and we welcome you to join us on the journey to becoming what God wants you to be. 
If you'd like to join us, just click on the link that says, I want to join church. And we will contact you and follow up with you and show you how you can make steps to fulfilling your potential in Jesus Christ. You've had an opportunity throughout this worship experience to worship the Lord in giving. I hope you have done that, not just for the ministry's sake, but for your own sake. Uh, it's all, really all about obedience to God and living obediently to God and watching God bless in your obedience to him. And if you would like to give, there are six different ways you can give on the digital platform here at the Good Hope Church. And I want you to know your giving makes a difference. Your giving matters. Your giving here changes lives. As we are coming through the last quarter of 2021 and we're prepping and planning for 2022, uh, God is doing some amazing things. We're anticipating some great things as we come back into our sanctuary for worship. Uh, right now, we're worshiping each first Sunday uh, here in the sanctuary. Uh, we're looking at adding to that when we get to 2022. But above everything, above everything, brothers and sisters, we want to help you become the Christian that God wants you to be. And so we welcome you to join us on the journey. Uh, there are several things that we're working on. Our, our diversionary program for young people, man, we're already seeing lives being changed, young men being encouraged, uh, following their dreams, whether it's athletically, academically, uh, helping them in the midst of trauma to find healing and wholeness for their lives. Uh, you know what our food pantry is doing. Uh, every week we are serving hundreds of people, hundreds of families, uh, addressing issues of food insecurity and, and the like. Uh, we have a health and wellness initiative uh, that we are excited about, especially here in the state of Texas. For those of you who don't know, the failure of our state governmental officials to expand uh, Medicaid coverage, even though we pay for it with our taxes under the banner of the Affordable Care Act, our legislators, our governor here in the state of Texas decided that they didn't want to accept Obamacare because it was Obamacare. And so we have two and a half million people in the state of Texas who are uninsured or underinsured. And we are encouraging and picking back up that mantle of health and wellness in our community uh, because we know whether it's mammograms or prostate cancer screenings, we need it more in our community more than any other group because we get every one of our major diseases more seriously and we die more often. So we've got to fight that good fight around health and wellness as well. All right? Listen, last but not least, man, remember God is doing something wonderful in you and uh, be excited about that because God is not through with you yet. Old song said, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. When he gets through with me, I will come forth as pure gold. And so just remember that God is working on you. God is doing something amazing and glorious in your life. Again, to our veterans, happy Veterans Day. And uh, we salute you today. And uh, we honor you for your service to this country. Let's get ready for the holiday season. And let's make sure that we are always reminded that we have something to be thankful for every day of our lives. All right? Till next time, God blesses my prayer.